just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. Back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. We have kind of a special show here, a little different show. You know that I will have Ed come on the show from time to time. You folks really like Ed. Uh, from time to time, I will have a listener on, and that's always gone really well. This time it's a little different, and uh, I'm bringing in a former TikTok, uh, not former, uh, uh, colleague in TikTok, uh, and a gentleman who has a podcast, he's on Twitch, he's on YouTube, he's on everything, and his name is Tony Michaels. Now, if you watch TikTok, you no doubt run across this guy. And, and this is one of the reasons I brought him on is because he and I have a similar style. He's younger, but similar style. Tony is the guy that will be walking down the street, and if you're upset about me swearing, and I know you're not, uh, this guy swears more than I do, and he's more... Um, loud and direct than I am, which is hard to imagine. But, Tony, anyway, we'll talk more about that. Thanks for joining me on the show and taking the time out of your day. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, we kind of met early on in both our TikTok careers, didn't we? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, you know, I started doing the walking rants, like you were saying, um, and everyone really liked them. It was more cathartic for me than anything. Like, it, that's why I started doing it, just because um, it was after the election I was – getting really pissed off that, uh, you know, people were spreading lies. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to yell and scream into this TikTok thing, see what happens, um, and uh, see if there's people out there that were like me. There was, and there was people who like the way I said stuff. Um, you, you said I'm a former TikToker. I kind of I am, I guess you could say, because well, you haven't been doing I don't many post lately. as much. I don't, right. Well, I, I do my podcast, so I take clips from that, and then I take clips that I think are relevant and I'll post them on TikTok for people to see. But I don't do your uh, TikToks anymore. I get a lot of people to say, hey, go do your walking rants again. I'm like, damn, I do a two-hour show every every yeah. weekday. It's hard to it's hard to do those two things. But, you know, um, I, don't, I think there's a lot of value in it because a lot of people want to have conversations. And I think that's what that app became for some people uh, in 2020, 2021, and even now. It's just a, a way to have a conversation and not, not only find people who have your same, um, you know, pro-democracy stance, but really go smoke out some of this anti-democracy stuff, see what these people are saying, and just some of the absolute garbage and vile that they puke out of their mouths, um, you know, just to kind of rebut it to know what they're going to say, I guess. Well, the interesting thing here is that uh... – Obviously, I'm a boomer, rational boomer and such. I'm a young boomer, but I'm a boomer nonetheless. And you are a millennial. There's always been some contentiousness between boomers and millennials. And we'll talk about that in a little while. But um, the, the the comparison I see between you and I, in spite of our, what, you said you're 37, I'm 62. So we're talking, mm -hmm. what, I don't know how many different years. It's 25 years or thereabouts. Um we both have a similar style, and I think I think we found a niche. Ironically, your niche, my niche, is the same, pro-democracy. Who would have ever thought that being pro-democracy would be a fucking niche? But after all this time, it really is. 
where I, I believe you're right. And, you know, I, 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 and maybe this is the reason why it seems like, why, why is the rational boomer and Tony Michaels this provocateur? Cause that's really kind of what I see myself as a provocateur. You know, Me I'm, too. I'm pretty provocative. I, I try, I try to, um, I try to drive wedges between what pro democracy is and the, the Republican fascist. You know, I, I don't do that both sides shit, both sides the same. And that's, 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 that's that's in the past. I mean, at one point, maybe both parties had similarities, but at this point in our history, um, at this juncture, there's there's not much alike. I mean, when you when you say people want liberty and then they want they're yelling and screaming. I post on Twitter today about um, there's a there's a great awakening meeting. It's uh, Mike Flynn and Eric Trump uh, giving some kind of crazy ass religious cult thing, and they're talking about. Donald Trump as if he's Jesus Christ on stage. I'm like, look, that's not a side. That's not a side. That's delusion. Right. Like, you know, and so, but what I'm getting at with the boomer uh, millennial thing is I have a lot of people in your generation that are in my audience. And for some reason, I, you know, I think I believe that the reason why it is, is because I'm not scared to say whatever the fuck it is I want to say. Right. Um, and and I, I believe that I can say it the way I want to say it. Um, and I, you know, I, I, it gets on some people's nerves and it grates some people. But at the same time, um, you know, when we've talked about this before in our previous conversations, it's not really about what you say first. It's about how you say it. And Democrats and liberals are so fucking boring. Like they're just boring. They want to get a list of stats out for you and they want to. They they want to take thirty minutes to tell you all these statistics and go line by line for for like a line item on a bill and you're like, look, let's try to get elected first. Let's do that and then and let's get smart people elected so they can go do that. Um, so I think that's the reason why I have so many in that you know really forty five to sixty five plus that watch me and that is my audience because you know they've. They're beyond the whole um, the Bernie Sanders type free college, you know, democratic socialist type movement. They're they're beyond that, right? right they're right. Th- they've they've had so much more experience in their life that they can they can know that that socialism isn't bad, but also at the same time they know that hey, our our system of government is set up in a certain way and. There's only certain ways to change that, right? So I think that's probably the difference in the generations. And millennials aren't young people anymore. I think that's no. the other misconception. You know, millennials have mortgages. They have – I mean, I have a high school – a high schooler. My son is a high schooler. So it's – you know, he's about to – he's going to go to a, a technical college soon. So it's like, you know, it, it it's not it, – millennials aren't the young folks anymore. They're, they're the parents. They're a – you know, they're the ones that's got the young kids. They got mortgages. They're paying for daycare. They're they, they got jobs. They got four hundred one k's. Like that voting block understands of what the country's like a little more than they did fifteen years ago, um, which is what we see right now uh, with Gen Z. Which there's nothing wrong with that, right? That's kind of the progression of a generation right, politically, right. I guess. Well, there's you know there the, no matter how old you are as a as a boomer. Uh, we looked at our parents as screwing everything up, and they looked at us as lazy losers. It's just a a, a common 
perception. Right. It's like, it's like a cycle, generation. right? <laughs> right, right. And, you know, um, I've had people come to me, and I don't know if this is a uh, compliment or not, but some guy said to me, he says, you know, you're kind of you're kind of like a uh, liberal Rush Limbaugh. And I go, I don't know if I like that. That's but well, but I know, get I, what he's I've saying. Been accused, I've been accused of that. And um, I actually it doesn't bother me a bit um, to be accused as a liberal. The, the left Rush Limbaugh, I've been called the, the left Limbaugh a lot. Um, I've had people say it on their shows. I've had people introduce me that way. And it doesn't really bother me that much. And the reason why is because um, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about when when you're wanting to set a narrative, right, politically. And, and I know that your audience understands pro-democracy. They're into politics. But most people in this country do not give a damn about politics. They just don't. Right. Um, they, they would much rather be focused on the college football game on Saturday or the NFL game on Sunday or what – what the Cardinals, how they're going to do, you know, on Monday. I mean, this 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 stuff um, is not concerning to them. And it goes back to you have to get them to listen to you. Well, if you're not going to be, you know, entertaining and you're not going to, you know, give some sort of voice and get people to pay attention, they're not going to hear what you say. Exactly. Well, Rush Ball was very entertaining. I listened to him for years. Now, he's a vile piece of shit. Don't don't. Don't, don't twist this. I vehemently disagree with almost everything that piece of shit said. But what you have to understand is I listened to him a lot in the car. And when he would speak through the radio, it really did feel like he was talking to me. Right. Right. Not to a big audience, not to a, a, a certain group of people. It really felt like he was talking to me. He had this huge talent. Now, he used it for vile, horrible things, and it drove our country in a direction that we're that where we're at today. But I believe and some disagree with me. Well, you know, and my my famous mantra is fuck them. And yep. really, that's how I feel is that what I believe is that if the left would just set narratives into the universe and perpetuate it with the truth. Um, and again, you don't have to have a stack full of statistics or studies or, you know, facts really to, to be coupled and, and tethered to the truth. Cause we are so far from the, far from the truth now, just a little, just a little hint of the truth feels like, you know, freedom <laughs> from lies. But if the left can just set the narrative and use how you say the truth in a way that will get people to listen to that narrative, you can project that narrative into all different types of communities. Because let's face it, Mike, Trump supporters, they want they want school children to start school at three instead of five. Those parents don't want to pay the two years extra daycare. Right. They don't want to go broke because of a medical bill. They want decent wages. Like these are things – that Trump supporters want, right? They're just so deluded, um, whether it be by their religion or their new religion, QAnon or Trumpism or fascism for that matter, or they're, they, they're looking through their racist, you know, goggles. Um, regardless, they, they want those things. And it's not that they're because they're dumb. Okay. That politically they're ignorant. They just don't know. And they don't have the correct information not operating with the correct information. And it used to be that the Democrats were the, the blue collar party. And there's a reason for that, because 
the Democratic Party is pro-democracy more than the Republican Republic Party would be, right? Like that's the whole tenement of the two parties. And that's why the blue collar worker, that's why that's why for so many decades the union has been with the Democrats, because I don't know, it's just more democratic way of of you know approaching approach to labor. So if we could just as a country get to where we can have people who set narratives um, with a certain voice to get certain people to listen to them, then they will have the opportunity to hear the truth, which is key here because like on Facebook right now, your uncle Earl, I know some, some of you probably have an uncle Earl out there that, um, you know, he's, he's on Facebook. He believes everything, the QAnon, you know, a horse paced, Facebook we all got them. tells them, right, they all got them, but they're going to believe Facebook. But what we have to do as a society is we have to put our narratives and, and our speech in front of them, and they will pick it up. Because, again, they want they want children to start, start school at three instead of five because they don't want to pay for that two extra years of daycare. They don't want to go broke to get a college or, or a, a degree beyond high school. They want to be able to participate in the economy with a decent fucking wage. And they don't want to go broke because of a medical bill. They don't want to wait till they're 75 to retire. I mean, but that's the language, right? So what I'm describing, there's all sorts of words to describe it. But Democrats always use the word universal. Always right, right. like in it. And it's a bad word. And that's and that's where we start. Right. We start with those little things. And that's what I try to do. Well, the Democrats are, are, are and we've heard people say this all the time. They're horrible with messaging. I mean, case in point, when we had the troubles with the police, they said defund the police. Well, that was the fucking stupidest thing to say. They're never going to do that. And defund the police is not the way to identify that. Um you know, when we had the Obamas in and Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go high. And generally, I agree with her, but I think you and I illustrate something different. When you're dealing with bullies, and that's who we're dealing with here is bullies. Sometimes you got to get in the mud and give them exactly what they're giving to you. Otherwise, they don't fucking understand it. Everything they do is based on fear. They're trying to make us fearful of them so they can roll over the top of us. So we have to return the favor because they're cowards by nature, even though they act like bullies. So if someone pushes them back, that's the only time you can stop and neutralize bullies. So a couple things on a couple of the pieces of language that you had, the we go ho or they go low, we go high thing. Um, I, I wholeheartedly believe in equity and equality and decency, uh, treating people like humans, no matter what the case. But I also believe that we have to be intolerant of tolerance, right? Because right. they always say the tolerant left, the tolerant left, it's woke, whatever the fucking stupid word they want to use. Here's the thing. The, the paradox of tolerance is that, oh, well, we can't we can't say things to offend Nazis. Bull fucking shit. We can't. They, they want they want to eradicate races of people. They not only don't believe in equity and equality, they want the opposite. So, yeah, we can completely be intolerant of that intolerance. We do not have to tolerate that. And that's and that's the one thing that I try to that I try to show my audience every single day when I'm doing my show is like, look, I understand that you want to be, you know, kumbaya and hold hands. But these motherfuckers 
are ready to tote people's off the camps. I mean, Matt Walsh the other day on his show, I don't know if you know who Matt Walsh is yeah, He's with the yeah. daily wire, a fucking piece of garbage who runs around who, who dehumanizes little trans children and trans people. It's, it's fucking gross. But the other day he's talking about how they want to criminalize all drag, like all of it, all drag. They want to it, it, it criminalize it. And he says, if we can't lock them up forever, we should like, literally he's saying, we want to round up anyone who not just the people dressed in drag, but people who go to drag shows. Now, I'll, 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 I'll start with this. I have never been to a live drag show. I've lot, I watched a lot of drag show videos because they're hilarious. It's a great performance. And that's exactly what it is, is a performance. So what he is advocating is people who dress up. Now, now get this, Mike, who dress up and do their hair in a way that it is not naturally done who put makeup on, who put lifts and high heels in their shoes, and they wear a suit of clothes to make them look different, and they sometimes even wear girdles to make them look thinner in certain places, should be locked away. Now, their orange Mussolini Jesus literally (laughs) gets up every day and spend – he can't come out in public until 11 in the morning, noon, and it's not because he's a sleepyhead – and and he just can't get out of bed and get ready, or he's busy doing other things. It's because literally he is getting in drag. Like right. He's getting in a fucking costume. This guy is not 6'4". Those are heels that that dude is wearing. This right. guy is not that thin. That is a fucking oversized suit that he's had tailored that way to make him look that way. He is wearing a girdle underneath that son of a bitch and probably a diaper. That makeup is caked on like a son of a bitch, and it probably takes at least 30, 45 minutes. So the fact that Matt Walsh is saying that, you know, someone who dresses up and does a performance should be arrested and criminalized. I'm like, that's not actually what he's saying. What Matt Walsh is actually saying is anyone who is gay, lesbian, trans, who identifies as a, a, a different thing than he is or he wants them to be, he wants to get rid of them. Right. That is what he's saying. And that that form of intolerance, we should not fucking tolerate for one second. Now, it is speech, right? So we have to be careful because we all want liberty. Like me and you want to be able to sit here and talk and have the liberty of freedom of speech. But as soon as that speech from Matt Walsh or – Really, honestly, his audience is who he's stoking, right? This detastic terrorism type shit from these fucking moglodites out there. But Matt Walsh, as soon as it crosses over from speech to crime, hate crimes, that's that's where it needs to uh, be stopped. But we do not have to sit and tolerate that kind of language. We don't have to sit here and just let him say that shit with us having to rebut him. And and that is exactly what we should do full force, be rebutting that stupid narrative that somehow these people are monsters and they need to be locked away because they dress up and perform, because that's where it starts. Because Matt Walsh is also obsessed with children's genitalia, which is even more disturbing than the stuff he's saying. I mean, he can't stop talking about it. But that's the that's the the snowball that they're trying to roll down the hill of fascism, right? And they're trying to collect up anything they can. And that's just one little that's just one little thing that they use to stoke fear. Well, let, let, let's be perfectly honest. Donald Trump is doing little more than cosplaying a rich 
tough, smart guy because he's none of those things. And he's trying to portray himself as such, and he's doing a fucking horrible job, except for those stupid people that buy into it. I'm convinced that there are people, and I've seen it in, in schools and I've seen it in neighborhoods. You get one guy who has who's perceived to be wealthy and people, whatever reason, follow behind this guy no matter how big an asshole he is. But if he portrays himself as a tough guy, and, and this may be kind of tied to us as well, people... Um, People who listen to the Rational Boomer podcast, and I presume the same thing with the Tony Michael show, is we are saying things that they would like to say but don't feel comfortable in saying. I'm fortunate. I'm 62. I've been in radio for a long time, and now I have nobody to answer to. I can say what the fuck I want, and I'm not afraid to do it. People tend to follow that because you're offering things that that they can't do. So they're kind of living vicariously through you or me, or at least speaking vicariously through you and me. Donald Trump is a different situation. These people have had problems all their life, and they're blaming the man for every problem they've done. They've been lazy. They haven't done anything. They don't have any money. But they've got this tough guy that's going to fight for them, a champion, if you will. And that's why they follow Donald Trump. It doesn't have anything to do with facts, figures, truth, nothing like that. He's just their guy, and he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Well, you know, I think a lot of that's interesting that you bring up. Um, because I do get this comment a lot that it's my show is cathartic. Yeah. Right? They say that a lot, like cathartic is a big word or, or you say the things I want to say and you, or you say them in a way that I, I think them, but I can't, you know, I can't verbalize them. Right. For whatever reason, maybe it's, you know, their job or they'll get banned from Twitter or whatever, you know, cause <laughs> really I don't, I just, I just don't give a fuck. Right. No, I just, I, I just don't. So, my my theory is is that the reason why it's cathartic is because, like you said, more and more people are thinking it. But I want to dive, uh, if if you'll let me, sure. just a minute into this blue collar billionaire shit, right? Yeah. So it's it's really confusing for people. Like they're like, why in the fuck do these toothless redneck hillbillies like Donald Trump? Because Donald Trump would not give them two fucking seconds if it was him and them alone in a room. That's a good question. You know, I, I mean, well, I've got the answer. I've got the answer. I know why, because I grew up in rural Missouri. Um, do you know the show Ozark on Netflix? I do. So I grew up about 15 miles from where that was set. Um, I actually swam in the Logan of the Ozarks as a kid almost every weekend. Um, that's probably what's wrong with me. But here's... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of like a cesspool, but um, so that might be what a, a little bit uh, my problem. But that would explain the tail. It that might be it. That might be it. That might be it. Um, and the lack of of brain cells every once in a while. But here's that might be the alcohol too. I'm not sure. But here's what I'll tell you is that is that growing up in rural Missouri, right? There's a lot of racism, and in my small little town. There was a lot of racism, but there was no other race, right? It was just right. white people. Um, there, there was no other race. It was just white people. So what happens is in the society of just that town, right, the small little knit uh, environment or community that it is, that racism, because it's so ingrained in that little town, 
they start to form it into classism, right? And they even use racial epithets for the white people who live on a certain part of town or a certain neighborhood or a certain kind of house or related to a certain person or the, this certain family, right? And, and it is not matched to their race, right? It's matched to their class. Right. Um, and that's why they love Trump. And here's why. Because he is truly billionaire white trash. Now, I actually don't think he's a billionaire. Right? I don't either. But I he's convinced he's, he's convinced a lot of people, even some billionaires, that he's that rich. Um, and, you know, that's kind of a thing with billionaires is they don't really know how much they're worth. They don't even know, really. Um, so how who's to tell? But I don't really actually think he's a billionaire, but he's got a lot of money because his dad made a lot of money. Right. Right. But his dad was white trash. His mom was trash. He's trash. His children are trash. And and this is the reason why they like him is because in that society of rich elite people, he's the guy that lives on the other side of the tracks or in a certain neighborhood or in a certain house. You remember back when he had to buy a USFL football team oh, because yeah. he, they wouldn't let him in the NFL because he was trash. He was the billionaire trash. And he's always been that. And here's the thing. It's not that they love that about him, right? Because they really don't honestly know that. They don't fucking know that. They don't even know that The Apprentice is fucking fake. They have no idea. <laughs> but here's the thing that they do know. They know he relates to them. And he relates through them through that societal uh, institution where he was always the trash. They're always the trash. So he has that in common. So he knows how to speak to them, right? And I believe that is their draw to him. Now, I actually believe that it's gone way beyond that just in the last two years um, since the last election. I believe it's really gone down at this rabbit hole of uh, cult-like behavior. I mean, they were always kind of a cult, but it really has become cultish with this QAnon because uh, we're – we're full on back into QAnon. The gangs posted QAnon stuff on fraud social. I mean, Jesus Christ, he's telling American Jews that you better you better shape up or ship out back to Israel before it's too late. I mean, you this need stuff, to support this me stuff is more. dangerous. Right. I've done a lot well, of good I, stuff for you. It sounds like right. a pimp talking to a hooker. Well, again, that goes back, Mike, that goes back to this 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 situation where we have the king of the trash, right? Like <laughs> that's an I'm, excellent I'm dead point. serious. I'm dead serious. This is this is the he's the Pied Piper of white trash. And that's I mean, honestly, the and and that's how he's able to hypnotize them is because he truly is an outcast in his elite little group of friends. He is the guy is on the other side of the tracks. I mean, he brings the good drugs to the party, right? Right. You know, you know, Jethro brings the drugs to the party, but he's one of he's he's in this family and he lives in that trailer park over on that side of town, but he's got the best drugs. So we'll invite him to the party, but we're really not going to let him in on the party per se. Right. right? We just we just want his drugs. Right. right. That's a good point. That That's exactly and it's, who he and is. And it's the same thing. It's the same footsie that our country and really our pop culture has played with Trump for, for fucking decades. You know, he was in Home Alone. Uh, he was He's in several movies. He's referred to in uh, several rap songs. Right. But there's a reason for that. He's America's rich white trash. And that's why 
that's why these folks relate to him isn't because they know that it's because he knows that and he knows how to talk to them because he is them just in a different level of class right and he gives them hope to reach his level well I mean, it, and that's that's yeah right they aspire that one day they'll be the king of the trash heap right so right well you know you know it's funny you brought up the usfl and give you an idea how old i am i worked at a radio station when the usfl first came into being and uh, they were on a network and i produced the, the the games for the radio station from the network but the interesting thing about uh, the USFL, and it kind of ties into what you're saying here, first and foremost, his big get, his big signing, you know who that was? Who was it? Herschel Walker. Oh, boy. That seems convenient. Herschel Walker was a Heisman Trophy winner, I believe. He was going to go to the NFL, but the USFL dragged him away, paid him more money. Uh USFL didn't last very long. He ended up going to Dallas, and then the Minnesota Vikings made a horrible trade that ruined their team for a long time, and we had Herschel Walker here for a while, and frankly, he wasn't shit. But do you know why Donald Trump had a USFL team? It's because the NFL didn't want any fucking part of him in the ownership of an NFL team. And so he thought he would get in the USFL and show the NFL. But once again, like Donald Trump tends to always do, he fucked up and it failed. Well, and I don't know if uh, because I don't know the full history of the USFL and I don't know if uh, Donald Trump is the reason why the USFL nosedived. I'm I'm sure I'd like to make that case. Um, But. Here's the thing is we, we see it now with this true social thing, and I call it fraud social because that's what it's been from the very beginning is fraud. Absolutely. It's just a way for him to get online and post. And really, honestly, I don't mind him posting. Um, a lot of people freak out and they think, oh, you know, and I'm like, look, if you're it, sunlight is the best disinfectant. Right. Right, Like there is nothing better than making sure that the people know Uh, I was sitting with my 60 year old son this morning and um, I was listening to a video. um, We were eating breakfast and I was listening to a video. Nick Fuentes talking about Christianity and how if you if you don't believe in Jesus, you hate Jesus. And if you hate Jesus, we need to get rid of you. I mean, this is Nick Fuentes for everyone who doesn't know is a fucking Nazi. He, 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 his, his organization is called like the America first media group. He holds rallies and they're just a bunch of fucking trumped up white dudes who want to, who are Holocaust deniers. And this is real. They're Holocaust deniers. Um, he's a Nazi. He's just a full blown Nazi. It's, he doesn't even hide it, but he, he, he veils it over this name of America first. But I'm listening to this video and listening to him talk about this stuff. And my son is listening to a video, too. And he had headphones in. And the video that I was listening to was saying such wild, outlandish shit that he took out his headphones and started listening to my video. And he's like, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, (laughs) well, this is the uh, America First guy, Nick Fuentes. And I tried to explain it. And then he's and, and I said, you know what America First means? I brought up the 1941 rally with Charles Lindbergh. Um, where they were trying to first start the America First Committee in this country. It was Nazis here in the United States that was trying to keep us out of the war because they knew we would kick their fucking ass. Exactly. Because they know we are Antifa, right? Because we, we our entire history here in this nation has been democracy and the advancement and progression of it, um, even though we've had our, our hiccups. But when I went to explain to him um, what – 
what what all this stuff was, I led back to this statement that Donald Trump had posted on Fraud Social about um, the American Jews better support me before it's too late. He literally says, and and I I, sh- I found it on the it was pretty far down the feed, right? It was about six or seven days ago that he posted this shit because everyone's been talking about Kanye, but really the statement from Donald Trump on True Social, this one in particular where he says, you know, basically in basic terms, the American Jews better start supporting me before it's too late. Um, my son read that and he's like, what in the fuck? He's like, how isn't that headline news? I'm like, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. It should be headline news because it's sunlight is the best disinfectant because so many people miss that because they were listening to Kanye sent to white, white trumped up men and, and, and anti-Semitic people and these Trump supporters that they miss Donald Trump's signaling. If I come back into power, you better support me or else. Yeah. And it's crazy shit. Well, that's that's you know that's what these people do. Everything is about fear, and everything is about threats. Everything's about being a bully, and you better be afraid if you go against me because you don't know what will happen. I mean, we hear the little Trumplefucks say that sort of thing. We're we're hearing about uh, was it in Arizona where where they had early voting and they had people just standing there watching and taking pictures of people voting early. Somebody walks up and says, "What are you doing?" I'm not at liberty to talk to about that. Who told you you weren't at liberty? They're trying to intimidate people. Uh, they, they go under the guise that they're trying to stop the cheating. But there is no right. cheating because nothing has ever been proven. But this is what they do. They do intimidation tactics, whether it be verbally or uh, in person. And, and that's why, you know, people like you, me, or anybody else out here, we have to fucking push back. Because they'll keep pushing until they roll over the top of you. At some point, the Democrats have to be tough and bitch slap some motherfuckers they got to right punch a nazi i'm not opposed to that listen here's here's what i'll tell you about that um the voter intimidation and the ballot drop box okay so i've done some i've done my commentary on this the last week and i i've probably done almost an hour so if you go to youtube you can you can just search the tony michaels podcast and By you can find this, check it out yeah you can find the several episodes that i did about this um mail-in ballot drop box watchers or whatever. And I think I think the group is called like Clean Election. I called it Clean QAnon Elections USA or some yeah. shit. Yeah. But here's the thing. This this all derives from Steve Bannon. Um, and this is the intimidation tactic that they're trying to implore. Um, they want you to be afraid that they're going to dox you online um, because you're dropping ballots in the drop box, that you're a criminal, that they're going to turn this database on you. Literally, they are, and, and, and that's their goal. Now, if you watch the news report, and it sounds like that's the one you're referring to, where the news reporter, I think it was from like Channel 5 or something there in Arizona, in Maricopa County, goes, and there's a woman and a man standing there, and they're kind of elderly. It seems like probably they're married, maybe. You know, I don't know. Um, and the guy, he really fucks up at first, right? So she asks, why are you here? And he says, I'm here to watch the drop boxes. Oh, yeah, and to soak up some vitamin D. Yeah. And then she kind of starts questioning him. He's like, well, I, I really have to call someone before I talk to you. She's like, what organization are you with? He says Clean Elections USA, and he really messes that up. Um, he was he was coached, but he wasn't he, – he didn't listen because he's a man. That's one reason why. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. But, so so he he he, he kind of says, well, I'm not going to talk to you until I talk to people at the organization or whatever. 
which is kind of scary in the first place. But then she goes and she questions the woman. And she was also coached, obviously, and she's a woman, so she listened to her coaching. Um, you know, women are definitely smarter than men, and she definitely was smarter. Now, she's an idiot because they're um, possibly um, committing crime by uh, actually handing this information over to people who are going to intimidate people. So they're, they're you know – and being accomplished to crime, which is federal crimes when it's when you're talking about voter intimidation. But, you know, we'll, we'll let the DOJ smoke that out rather they will or not. We'll see. But here's the thing is that she's like, nope, no comment, no comment, no comment, no comment, no comment, no comment. But if you go and you look online and you just just go to Twitter and you just type in Steve Bannon, clean elections, USA, Steve Bannon interviewed the woman who's one of the heads of this group. And she's like, you goddamn right. We're collecting your information and we're collecting it. And we're going to use it against you. Like it is full on intimidation. There was another uh, picture on Twitter uh, last night that popped up of two guys in flak jackets and mask. So they're in body armor and, and face mask that were sitting on the back of a pickup watching the drop box while it was dark. It's really weird. Like they're in tactical gear watching a Dropbox. Like, guys, listen, the ballot Dropbox, the secure ballot Dropbox in Maricopa County is no different. Listen to me when I say this. No different than a fucking mailbox. Okay, when you get a mail in ballot, your choice when you fill out that mail in ballot is to stick it back in your mailbox on your curb or on the side of your house or take it to a post office or take it to a location that has a post office drop box like the blue ones that you see, or to take it to a more secure location to make sure that your vote is counted, which is a secure ballot drop box, which normally is bolted to the ground. It's locked. It's secure. It normally has lights on it at the very least, and more than likely has a or several cameras on it to to record the action that is happening at the box. The other thing that a lot of those boxes have is sensors in them to let to let the people know how many ballots are in that box at any given point. What that means is it's like it kind of got a scale in it, right. and it actually electronically sends and says, "Hey, there's estimated this many ballots because they know how much it weighs, right? Because right. you know, they know how much each ballot weighs." Uh, you know, to to a certain degree, so they can kind of know how many's in that box at any given time. So the fact that these people do not know that the ballot box that they're watching that they think is the cheating thing is actually more fucking secure than a regular old fucking mailbox. Like it's right. the same thing. That's where you're going to put your mail in ballot. It really is. It's buffoonery. But we don't live in a time of reality, right? We're at an intersection of WrestleMania and real life at this point. Well, what, they, what they're doing has nothing to do with facts or truth or anything like that. They're doing what Donald Trump has always done. He knows he's going to fail. So what he does is create chaos and uncertainty. And he tries Absolutely. to use that to his advantage and tries to change the narrative while everybody's confused. Well, I give you a little pushback there because I believe these people – that were on the camera, and I think it's the clip that you're talking about, the older folks that right. are in a kind of broad daylight. I actually believe 
they've been convinced of this stuff. Like they're brainwashed. It is a brainwashing that has happened. They are mind fucked and they believe what they're being told by whoever they're being told it by. And these people are going out and acting in ways that they just don't understand the same way people went, not, not the coup plotters of January 6th, but the people who went as the sheep to, to brush down windows. And like you said, create chaos, that those chaos agents all all aren't always you know willing chaos agents they're be, they're being guided by delusion now it doesn't make it any better or any worse you know like like we're in that situation but there is definitely i believe some of these folks that that actually honestly are living in a different reality than the rest of us oh and, i agree and that's sad but i mean you know you, you can't you can't you know walk away from that truth either let, let, let me give you a theory and see what you think. Yeah. When I grew up, I had a father who was, and this is one of the reasons why I dislike and know so much about Donald Trump, because my father was a narcissist, sociopath, and a pathological liar. I know the behavior. And, and this is one thing I learned about that behavior. If you understand the behavior, they are so fucking easily manipulated. And this is my theory. Donald Trump is where he is, and he's got as much support as he is not because he's incredibly bright not even because he's incredibly evil but he's incredibly easy to manipulate so those other people that do have some brains that may be evil say yeah bring him in he'll do whatever we fucking want as long as we handle him right and then it it it, it trickles down from donald trump and those people down to the even dumber and less less powerful people and they believe it's all a manipulation from a higher end and it just kind of trickles down and gets worse as it gets down toward the bottom what is well that? so well I, i'll tell you that i've said for a long time that donald trump is not the con he's the mark right, right? like like that's I, I mean they let him they let him think he's the con man right but he really truly is the mark um now it has metastasized uh, to this degree that they can't control him anymore because the mark has now got his own army right and i call it the shark army um but like mitch mcconnell for example and paul ryan back in 2020 they thought oh we're gonna they, they were excited about having trump not because they like trump not because they thought trump was smarter gonna make a great president they just seen him as a as a wet as a wet pen right they were like oh this guy's gonna ink anything we do right, right. well it kind of got out of their control they 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 just couldn't corral the chaos uh, to the degree that they wanted to. That's why Mitch McConnell is running around Washington right now, hoping and praying Republicans lose the not just the Senate, but they lose the House. Uh, Mitch McConnell definitely does not want the House or the Senate. I know that sounds crazy that Mitch McConnell is not power power hungry. But if Mitch McConnell is not putting money in races, Mitch McConnell is not backing Republicans at this point. And Absolutely. the reason why is because they're Trumpers and, the, and, and he has no power over them. Like um, Oz and J.D. Vance and Herschel Walker and Blake Masters, if they if any of those those fucking shit boxes win these Senate seats, they're not going to be beholden to to fucking Mitch McConnell. They're not they're not beholden to Mitch McConnell, the leader of the Re Republican caucus in the Senate. They're beholden to Donald Trump. So why the fuck would Mitch McConnell want those candidates to win? Why do you think he's pulling the money out of these races and he's not giving money to, to J.D. Vance or Oz or Herschel Walker? And basically, he's basically saying out in public, these are shit candidates. Right. Right. Because he's hoping they'll lose because Mitch McConnell 
is an old style Republican. He's not he's not really he's not really into he wants to be a dictator. He just wants to have the majority of the power. Right. So that he can be powerful him for himself. Uh, Donald Trump has this need to be, you know, some sort of fucking authoritarian. Right yeah. now, the the thing, the scary part, um, but also the good thing that we know now is there's a lot of folks in this country. It's not a big percentage. Right. It's a small percentage, but it's a large number of people like authoritarianism and the idea of it. Uh, I think it's bred from, you know, this uh um, Christian nationalism, but really evangelicalism has really um, bred this delusion that authoritarianism gets you what you want. Like, actually, if you do any studying for, I don't know, a half a second, you would know that that's the exact opposite of the truth. Like authoritarianism, it gets you dead is what it gets you best. Right. right? But 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 at this point, it's more about owning the libs um, and they convinced them it's more about that. I mean, for a perfect example is Joe Biden went out on stage yesterday and honestly, everyone was cheering him on for torching Marjorie Taylor Greene and several other Republicans for getting uh, their PPP don't uh, uh, debt uh, from the PPP loans, the COVID loans, the business loans back in 2020, getting it relieved. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars up to millions of dollars. And now you have people running around like Ted Cruz calling people getting student don't student debt relieved for 10 grand slackers. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. Most that 10 grand doesn't even cover most of these loans interest that these people have paid. Like, come no. on, give me a break. But and, and anyone who knows anything about a fucking loan, like at all, like if you've ever taken a car loan and done the math and be like, holy shit, I almost paid twice as much for that car than what the price was just because I extended that loan. You know, they're doing mortgages on cars now. So it's like 10 or 12 years. Like, yeah, of course you are. If you, Even if your interest is quote-unquote low, you're still paying a shitload of money over a long period of time. That's why the bank is willing to give you the money. And the federal government has been willing to subsidize these loans for so long because they're getting high interest rates. I had right. someone tell me the other day, like, they're not even above 10%. I'm like, what do you consider a high interest rate? Like like 80%? That's that, it, Listen, 6 7% is is a lot of money to middle class and lower class people. Now, Joe Biden had to come out on stage yesterday and state the obvious, like the thing that every Democrat everywhere. And I'm not talking about the politicians. I'm talking about in your normal conversations with your family members. When you're when your uncle Earl's like, well, fuck them college students. They're just lazy slackers. They don't need to have their fucking debt taken away. Oh, what are you? You, you lazy bastard. You're like, look, I, I don't have college debt anymore. Uncle Earl. But I know some of my friends who can't even fucking pay their mortgage. And if this if we got rid of the last bit of their debt, which is not even a fraction of the interest that they paid, they'd actually be able to, I don't know, use that money discretionary into the economy someplace else, as opposed to paying the federal government, which you motherfuckers are against. Like, would you please pick an idea and stick with it for a minute? Like, you people are so fucking obsessed with the federal government not getting any money in taxes. What do you think the interest rates on student loans is other than a fucking education tax? It is an education tax. The government is giving you a loan, not even giving you money. They're giving you a loan so that you can participate in the economy the way that they're say they want you to participate in the economy. They're the ones who are pushing this idea. 
and they tax you for it, not just on paying back the loan, but with the fucking interest. You people who are against taxes should be all for this student debt relief. Really, honestly, they should be for not charging any interest, lowering the interest rate to zero at this point. But they're not. And the reason why is because they don't hear these things. They don't hear it the way that I'm telling you right now. Right. They don't hear the mailbox drop box thing in the way that I say it. But that's the problem. And that's what I was what I think me and you do. Like you said, we have we have similar styles. We do best is we give you the no bullshit kind of take. Right. 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 Like I'm not here to feed you full of shit that everyone should go to college or that college should be free. That's not what I'm saying. Right. Like. That's not a starting point. It should be universal. There's that fucking scary, stupid word again, right? The Democrats love to use because it makes them sound intelligent or intellectual. Like, who gives a shit? Look, college should be affordable. And really, you should be able to participate in our economy, regardless if you have a technical degree, a high school degree, a college degree, a a master's degree, whatever the fuck you have. You should be able to participate in our economy and make a decent fucking wage, right? And not go broke because you made the decision of participating in the economy, rather it be your high school diploma only. Your technical degree, your college degree, your your doctorate, your master's, whatever the fuck it is that you're going to do. That's what liberty's about. That's what made our country fucking great, yeah. to be frank. And that's why it is still great is because we have liberty. Well, this is what I always tell. And we're going to take a break here in a second. Yeah. But this is what I always tell my Uncle Earls when they say, why do we want to pay <laughs> their student loans and all this shit? I paid my loans. I just say to Uncle Earl, at some point you're going to want to retire. And at some point, you're going to use the money you make from the house you own to retire. If the only people that are interested in buying your home either can't afford it or can't qualify it, guess what? Your little investment gets cut in half and you are fucked. So think beyond the end of your nose. And uh, they still don't fucking get it. Well, I mean, Uncle Earl is a dipshit. But, you know, I'm <laughs> Uncle Earl. Uncle Earl is 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 also a human, right? He also has liberty. He has he has. He has the perfect he has the perfect freedom to be ignorant as fuck. Yep. Right? Like he he truly does. But what we have to do as pro democracy people is we have to make sure that we are pushing back against stupidity. Because really honestly, that is the that's the problem that we're having is for so long we haven't been intolerant of intolerance. Like how in the fuck did we get in a situation where people are intolerant of lower and middle class people getting debt relief from their interest of their student loans that they went to get to make sure they can participate in the economy to be good citizens quote unquote and and spend money and make money like what in the fuck is wrong with you people that you can't we, we should be intolerant of the stupidity it is just absolutely ridiculous. And I know you want to take a break, so I better shut up. Well, we'll take a break, and, and, and yeah. you bring up a good point, and we're going to follow up with that as far as how people get their information and uh, how people in this country are ill-informed. But let's take a quick break, and we will be right back. We are back on the Rational Boomer podcast. I have with me on the show Tony Michaels from the Tony Michaels podcast. And I think you know people have had a chance to hear the first part of, of the show here. Uh, and I want you to let people know how they can find you because you've got a number of different platforms that you have. So why don't you let the folks know where you are so they can check you out? 
Yeah, so it's pretty easy. You can just go to thetonymichaels.com. That's T-H-E, tonymichaels.com, and you can find me there. And you can find me on almost any social media platform under that handle, the Tony Michaels. Um, but we do a show every single weekday, Monday through Friday, for you two hours. You do a live hours. show. You do a yeah, live it's live. Show. Mm-hmm, it's live, and we broadcast it on YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, and then we broadcast it from Facebook as well. My Facebook page and then Midas Touch's Facebook page. We're partnered with them to distribute uh, our show on their Facebook page. Okay. So, um, so you can go, you can go watch it live, or you can subscribe. You know, I, I would recommend subscribing not just to the live video platforms, but also if you love the sound of my voice, <laughs> then you can, you can actually uh, find it on Apple, Spotify, Google. So, so after we get done recording, I kind of rush to edit it. Um, and we do kind of live to tape, kind of like you do. We don't really edit it. We just, it right. is what it is. And right. um, I, I make a few changes to it in case there was some volume uh, problems or something. Um, and then I run it through like a mastering program. So it sounds a little different than it does on YouTube. Some people like that. They want to go listen to it. Um, so if you want to listen to it, you can also, and I would encourage you to subscribe and listen to a few episodes. Give us a review. You know, uh, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't make me any difference, but give us a review. Let us know how we're doing. And, you know, come listen every single day. What we try to do is break down what the news is happening in a cathartic way. Um, I'm very loud and proud about pro-democracy. I do not give a fuck. And I believe our show motto is the freedom to oppress the rights of other people is not liberty. You shit eating moron. So, <laughs> you know, Mike, that, that's kind of funny. That is a, that's how I, that's how I came to be on TikTok. is I, I said that in a video early on when I was making the political videos, I said the freedom to oppress the rights of other people is not liberty. You shit eating moron. And, um, and that really is what – that's why I'm sitting here talking to you right now probably is that phrase. So that's actually in our intro. Um, we do it kind of like a radio show. A lot of people have said, this is weird. It sounds like right-wing talk radio, but it is saying left-wing stuff. Right. It's very strange. So we try to have that kind of entertainment value. We want you – we want you to not just listen in, in a cathartic way, but we want you to be entertained. But we also want you to – know what's going on around you we we really do feel like that sunlight is the best disinfectant is a uh, is a good theory and we try to bring light to it so well well i think you and i do this do our respective things in a little different way but very similar in some ways for the very same reason uh you know you will hear the republicans say oh the democrats are divisive and the democrats will say the republicans are divisive and we do have a problem with divisiveness in this country we also have a country that's very ill-informed and i'd like to place the blame where it is and and i guess this is where you and i fill in the important parts that aren't being given i think in this country we have a divisiveness created by the media. Because like you pointed out, no matter where you go, you're going to get a different story, whether you go to Fox, OAN, MSNBC, NBC. It's my theory that even the left side media doesn't want to give you all the facts. All they want to do is get you fired up, scared, or angry so that you keep coming back and watching. And now somebody like you and I come and do the thing. We talk about those stories, but we give you the full facts. Maybe it doesn't scare you anymore. Maybe it makes you matter. But the fact is you get the full story as opposed to what these media outlets want to give you so they can get the reaction they want. 
I, I couldn't agree more. Um, for instance, the Steve Bannon was sentenced to four months in prison the other day. Yeah. Um, and he's not going to prison yet. Um, people really pissed off about it. Like, and that happened, I don't know, happened about 20, 30 minutes before my show on Friday. And when I went on air, I told my audience, I said, Hey, I'm going to tell you why this is not good for Steve Bannon. And I told them why on the show in the first 30 minutes, because I do an A block rant. I literally rant for 30 minutes about whatever the topic or topics are for the day. Yeah, every single day, 30 minutes, I do a rant in the first A block. We go to a break, and then we do what we call the shitless roundup. That's where we go watch all the clips And I break down why the fuck this is important, why this matters, and why you need to be pissed off about this, and why you need to make sure you go vote and change the the dynamic of our legislators all around the country, not just in Washington, but in the state houses. You know, the the secretary of states, the governors, the legislators, it has to happen because these people really, truly do want to take away our our right to vote. They want to take away our democracy. But that's that's what we do. In, In the first 30 minutes, I'm yelling and screaming and ranting but so many people were in the chat about steve bannon and they were like i knew you'd make me feel better about this that's what they say to me too all the time you made me feel better i gotta hear this Mm -hmm. because so many times the left wing they use fear in the absolute opposite direction right because fear drives right it does vitriol drives And we should stay pissed about what's happening. We should be intolerant of intolerance. And right now is no time to let down your guard. It is not time to not be scared of what could happen if fascism takes over in this country. You should be terrified and you should be acting that way. And what I mean by that is not running around with your hair, you know, pulling out and yelling and screaming and, oh, no, it's going to. No, what you should be doing is acting. You should be engaging in your democracy. Do what democracies do best. That's what they're that's what the fascists are scared of with democracy. That's why they want to tear it down. The reason why they're 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 de devaluing our institutions, like the FBI, like the Department of Education, um, and on and on it goes. Department of Justice, the executive branch, the legislature, the Congress. The reason why they're devaluing those institutions inside their narrative is because they don't want them. Authoritarians don't need a Congress. Authoritarians don't need a Department of Justice. The hell, they don't need an FBI. They they need a police. They need an army that's going to obey them, not the law. Right. They don't need a constitution. Okay. They don't need all that stuff. That's stuff that democracies need, and that's why it is so important that you defend it, and that we defend it, and that we engage in it. And the way that we really defend it is not. You know, picking up our pitchforks like these fucking knuckleheads on the right do, but it's going and voting. You use the ballot as your hammer, but more than just the hammer, you got to exercise that muscle, right? So you got to you got to talk to three people and make sure those three people are going to go vote, especially if those three people have any kind of inkling of being pro-democracy. And then you have to convince those three people to find three more people and those three people and, and, and on and on it goes. And I know that sounds a little cliche and like, oh, come on. But is that really that is exactly how democracies work? That well, exactly be, how movements are made. To be honest with you, Tony, that's exactly why I do what I do. You know, I'm 62 years old. Um, I have a granddaughter and I see 
you know, to be honest, at my age and my income and my investments and whatever and how I'm going to live, nothing's going to change no matter who the president is or what really happens. I'm pretty well set for the for my end of days. Uh, but I do have kids and I do have grandchildren and I don't want this place to be left worse off than I found it. And remember, I was born in 1960, so it was kind of fucked up in the 60s. But I don't want it worse off. So the question is, what do you do when you say tell three people? Well, it just so happened that I spent my life in radio. So I thought, well, fuck, I'll just come on here on TikTok and the podcast and tell as many people as I can. I don't know if it's going to have a huge effect or not. But at least when my grandchild looks back in time, she can say, well, at least he tried something. Well, you know, I think I think that's right. And I think everyone out there who is pro-democracy and they're sitting around thinking, well, what can I do besides vote? Well, the bare minimum is voting. You absolutely should do that. And you should vote for people who are pro-democracy. Even if you don't fully and full-throatedly and full-heartedly believe in that candidate, you at this point in our juncture, in this in this weird, again, like I said, the intersection of WrestleMania real life that we're in, we have to defend what is defendable and the constitution and our government is defendable. We can't both sides. You can't be like, Oh, well that candidate there isn't, you know, isn't exactly what I desire. Well, fuck that. What's if you don't get someone who has a half a brain, you're going to get someone who has a, a brainwashed brain. Right. So you have to be, you have to do that, but you have to do what you're good at. Right. So some people are good at, Writing notes, so write postcards. You have some people good at texting, text, um, emails, send emails. If you if you're good at making phone calls, make phone calls. If you're good at talking to people in person, you know, find a campaign to knock on a door for. And it doesn't have to be a, a, a United States senator or United States congressperson. It could be a local governor's race. It could be a local hell. It could be a city council or a, a school board race. These people are trying to infiltrate our government any way they can. And the crazies are out there, and they're really trying to take power everywhere. And that's how they're going to win if they win, is take power in all these little places and just just keep hammering away at it. And we have to keep hammering back at them. And the way that we do that is to do what you do best. And I know because you have the uh, the, the history and the experience in radio, you, you use your skill, which is that radio voice, to you know convey – the pro-democracy measures and spread it to as many people as you can. And I consider myself having a pretty good rate. I don't have the radio background in the chat, but I feel that I'm pretty good at speaking. I could do that. No, I think, I think you do fine. <laughs> as somebody who'd been in radio for many years and work for some work with some shitty ass people. Oh yeah. You would hang in there. Now, I'll be honest with you. Radio is a dying business right now. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to the talent on radio now, it's not nearly as good as it once was. Because you think it's no all money. moving to the uh, podcast kind of movement thing. You think that's a- when it's. Absolutely. I said that. 15, 18 years ago, when I first heard about podcasts, I tried it, you know, and couldn't make any money or anything on it. But I said at that moment, I said, this, this will be the mainstream and radio will die off. And that, you know, you know who saw off. this before anyone else, um, you know, to get off this subject of politics for a second. Do you know who saw this podcast thing, especially this video podcast thing before anyone else saw it coming? Joe Rogan. Howard Stern. 
Well, yeah, yeah. You That's crazy win. because he actually he invited the cameras into his studio, right? Like everyone's like, why the hell does Howard have cameras in his radio studio? Like radio is done with microphones. You don't need a camera. And really, honestly, that was kind of the birth of some of the shit you see today. Now it's a little different format and stuff. But Howard was the first one to bring in cameras into his radio show. And I and that's the only way I was exposed to Howard. Like I, I grew up in rural Missouri, so they didn't put fucking Howard on a radio where I'm at. But um, they had him on satellite TV on right. um, I don't remember what channel it was, but they would replay episodes of the video show, you know, the, the right, right. And, and the, the actual video recorded show. And so I would watch it there. And and it, and 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 I've always thought, man, that, that Howard saw, regardless if you like Howard or don't like Howard, he saw what was going to happen before it happened. And it, it's just incredible to look back and see that. Um, that it came podcasting because you said radio is dying, but podcasting really it, its roots are grounded in radio. So. Well, if you if you look at radio right now, some people might think it's not dying. My wife listens to radio. I don't mm -hmm. listen to radio at all, in spite of the fact I worked in it most of my life. Uh, but if you look at radio, even the most powerful radio stations right now, the highest rated radio stations have vastly lower actual listenership. They may be the top of the group, but their listenership is a lot less than it was right. 25 years ago. They're, they're working with a they're working with a lot less years. Well, I mean, um, like, uh, for instance, my daughter and my son. They know most of their music from like, uh, well, TikTok. Right, right. <laughs> my daughter, my daughter knows most music, whether it's like modern music or or classic music, and not classic Cole, but just you know, music from like when I was a kid. Even I'm like, how the hell do you know this song? She's like, oh, it's on TikTok. I'm like, oh Jesus, um, <laughs> that fucking dancing app. But um, but even my son, you know, like he he plays video games and he likes uh, to watch. Like the the video on demand, the vods of uh, people um, playing video games, and they play music in those. So you know that's kind of where he knows it. So it's not really they're listening to music nowadays, but it's not on a it's not on the local radio station. It's it's inside their content other places. Let me let me ask you this, Tony. And this is off politics, but yeah. uh, what did you do before you're doing this? What what did you do for a living, well, or what do you do for a living? So I I was I was for years and years um, in sales. So I've always used my voice right. as my tool, um, and you know I would go around, and that's that's kind of how I get introduced to um, politics talk and and talk radio. Is I would listen to it in my car because I wasn't really wasn't really into music other than uh, country music. And really, I didn't like modern country music. I like classic. And it was hard to find that on a local radio station. So I'd always end up in, on the talk radio because I enjoyed politics. I've enjoyed politics since I was probably about 14 years old. I went to a garage sale when I was young and bought a old black and white TV with the knobs on it. And I set it up in my room and I would turn it down real low. Um, I lived in a farmhouse, so I lived in the uh, half story upstairs and I would turn it down real low and watch it at night. And I'd watch the news. Cause that's the only, I only got one channel on the damn thing with the rabbit ears, but um, I'd watch the news and then um, nightline with Ted Koppel would come on. Right. 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 And then uh, politically incorrect with Bill Maher would come on after that. And then Seinfeld. So those are my three. That, so I'm watching here. I am 13, 14 years old. I'm doing my homework for the next day. Cause I told my mom, you know, I lied to my mom. I told her I did my homework already, but I'm, you know, sitting, cause I'm always been a night owl. So I'm sitting up there and I'm 
I'm doing my homework. I'm watching the 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 local news station. I'm watching Ted Koppel, and then I watch Bill Maher politically incorrect with like George Carlin and Larry Flint, <laughs> and then and then I follow it up with with Seinfeld. So like, um, you know, that kind of shows you. And it really, honestly, it's kind of like my show, right? If you if you think about it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. It's kind of my show. So so I guess even from a young age, I had a really a really big interest in government and in politics more than just the government side of it and policy side of it. And my mom actually worked for the state of Missouri. Um, and she actually worked in the office of administration. Now she was a bureaucrat. She wasn't um, part of uh, a, you know, a, the the governor. She worked for all the governors, not the a governor, if that makes sense. Right, so she yeah. was a bureaucrat, but she really was in the thick of it every single day in the Missouri, Missouri legislature. So she would know all the bills that were coming through. She would see who supported what. She would listen. In her office, she had a monitor, and I used to go visit her um, at the Capitol in Missouri, and she had a monitor in her office, and she could turn on the House floor or the Senate floor, right? Like So she could listen in on what they were actually saying. Um, and she said sometimes she said, I sit and I listen to them and I cry. Because these Republicans get on the floor and they talk about Missourians in such a vile way. She was like, if really people out there knew how these Republicans talk about their constituents, they're they're lazy, they're no good, they're uneducated, they're stupid. Um, if they don't have money, they're worthless. If they, ha- if, you know, if they got, if they're going broke because medical bills are just, they're not even, they're not even worth our time. I mean, just vile, gross shit that they've been saying since the eighties. She said, if people really knew that, they would know that you would never ever cast a ballot for a Republican ever, because they say the most vile shit on House floors because no one's listening. Right. No one is listening to them, and and that's. Because my mom thought she was a Reagan Republican, and yeah. and and she because she grew up in the seventies and graduated in the early eighties from high school. Um, she she grew up in a very Republican town, the same town I grew up in, which is really Republican. Which you know I'd never consider myself a Republican ever, ever. I identified as a Republican. I always thought it was stupid, and the reason why is because I was paying attention at a young age because my mom was telling me these things when she she would talk about these things when she would come home because it was her experience from the day right so my mom was always a really liberal person and liberal not as in some socialist like i i hate that people make liberalism as weak like liberalism is the strength that our nation came from right like and the and the strength that our nation has survived like how do you think we survived the first and second world war how do you think we survived the cold war it was liberalism that did that for us. Liberalism is the ability for everyone who has differencing of opinions, but the ultimate goal is equity and quality and liberty to get together and to to compromise to make sure that we have the ability for everyone to do that. Authoritarianism is weak. That yeah. is the weak system. It's and so a my bully. mom is a well, it's yeah, a bully. Well, a bully is a coward. Right. Well, and my mom was always a liberal. So I think that's where um, because I don't want to say she brainwashed me, but at an early age before I went out into the world and experienced this stuff for myself, she I kind of lived through her experience and she was telling me these things. So I kind of knew early on 
you know, watching Ted Koppel, um, watching Politically Incorrect and watching liberals make their arguments like George Carlin and Larry Fent making their liberal arguments against these shitbox conservative Republicans. I really and then watching Seinfeld um, to, 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 to end to end the night. I, I really feel like that is the reason why so early on. I discovered what liberalism truly is, and it really it still gets to me this day. And I talk about a lot on my show that liberalism is the is the beacon of strength in our nation, not the strength that not the it's not weakness. And no one should be offended by being called a liberal or saying that they are liberal, um, because, frankly, even a lot of these Trump supporting idiots who don't know it. They're liberals. They oh, yeah. really are. They just don't know it. They don't. And and I got to tell you, the most disturbing thing you said in this last segment, you said your mom graduated in the early 80s? Well, um, yeah, high school, yeah. Okay. Yeah. She graduated in the early 80s. I graduated in 78. Your fucking mom is younger than I am. Well, so here's the thing. Here's what I'll tell you. So I, I grew up, again, in rural Missouri and, and in the Midwest, and you know this. In the Midwest, there's this thing where you, you know, you get out of high school, you're supposed to find your, your, your person that you love, or you go to college. Right. Right. But if you don't go to college, you find the person that you love and you start your family. And my, my mom and dad were high school sweethearts. Um, okay. so they started their family soon after they got married. And then I started my family soon after high school. So that's why, like, I have a son that's in high school about to go to college. And I'm, you know, I'm only 37 because I started, so young my mom started so young and really my mom's mom started so young um and that and and again that is um that is a thing that is big conversation in the country now and it's almost like no one has been paying attention for 40 years yeah right like no sure. one's been paying attention that that f and and particularly trump supporters like how don't you know that young people are having trouble in the economy when that's been the entire economic status in rural America. Why do you think all the factories left rural America is because those people didn't have the capital to keep those factories there. They didn't have the capital. And what I mean by that is either they didn't have the political capital or the actual money capital. That those factories left not not because because there was cheaper labor someplace else. It's because those people couldn't protect it. And the reason why they couldn't protect it is because they had societal norms that they had to follow. Well, fuck that. We have the liberty in this country to say we don't have to fucking adhere to this idea of, oh, well, we can't have solar panels because that's not what we've done before. Get the fuck out of here with that nonsense. Yeah, that is such bullshit. We can do whatever we want that provides liberty for the uh, the most amount of people. It just it infuriates me when people in this country yell and scream about inflation, but they don't tell the truth. Inflation is not bad. It's not. Inflation is the sign of a growing economy. What really sucks for the middle class and the lower class people who have young families is that the wages aren't increasing. Right. Right. And that's that's where the conversation needs to start with inflation. Fuck gas prices and milk prices. Let me tell you something. 
if the minimum wage and most people, the medium uh, job in this country, you were making $45 an hour, no one would be bitching about gas or milk prices. They no. wouldn't. Milk and gas would feel cheap as shit. Milk and gas feel expensive and inflation hurts because it's designed to hurt the lower middle class. And that is the other fallacy that that has been bred into society where, oh, you have to have a young family, right? You got to get out of high school, have a young family. That's the other the other fallacy is that you're middle class. That is all bullshit. Listen, if you have to go, if you have to go borrow money for your house to own two cars and to send your kids to college, you are not middle class. We do not have that many middle class people. And I'm not being derogatory towards people. I just want to give them reality. There used to be a time in this country where the middle, middle class could afford to buy a car. Cash. They could afford to own a house or at least put 20 or 30 percent down on a house. They made enough money that only one person in the household had to work and still do all these things. It is inflation is not your enemy. What is your enemy is the corporate greed and the corporate lies and the lies that fucking Republicans tell you. And frankly, lies that sometimes the left tells you like, oh, all we got to do is, you know, we got to force companies to do this. Well, we have to encourage companies to do certain things. We've done that a lot in this country. And and we can do that again. One of the things that is the biggest driver is health care. We need we need people not to go broke because of health care in this country. Absolutely. If we, and and, and um, Joe Biden has done such a great job with the student debt. Now, Republicans are trying to block it. They're going to be unsuccessful, I think, um, and not not just unsuccessful in the courts, but unsuccessful in the public sphere. There's like almost 14 million people that applied for this thing and they just stopped it. They just fucking pissed off 14 million people. I mean, three, we're not even, we're less than three weeks. We're almost two weeks away from this election. And they just pissed off 14 million people that thought they were going to get 10 grand taken away from their debt so that they could go buy a new car right before Christmas where they thought, well, maybe I'll be able to afford presents in December. And, and they fucking stripped it away from them. And yeah. you need to be talking about that. If you're out there listening into this audience to the Rational Boomer podcast right now, you need to be out there talking about this. This this and Roe and them taking away rights is so important. We, we don't need to break norms by destroying our government. That is not what we that's not what we have to do. We have to destroy norms by changing the narrative and, and engaging in our democracy. Here's here's what I don't understand. You know, as you said, the midterms are eminent and we will have people that maybe would normally vote Democrat and they will say, you know, I'm not going to vote Democrat because of inflation, because of high gas prices. And I always ask him, I said, so you're upset about gas prices and inflation. So your answer is to go vote with some people that are white supremacists, that are racist, that are anti-Semitic, misogynist, taking away the rights away from women. That's the better choice for you. Where's your fucking mindset in this thing? It makes no sense. My my question is is to you, is this, and this is people always say, well, it's going to be close at the midterms. I don't think it is. I think the Democrats will win in the House and the Senate. And people say, why do you think that? I said, well, they lost in 2020, right? What have they done since 2020 to get more votes? They've overturned Roe v. Wade. They are 
are suppressing votes. They're marginalizing the LGBTQ people. They overturn Roe v. Wade, piss off 50% of this country, actually 70% of this country. They're trying to take away the uh, student loan debt. Everything they do should be costing them votes. I don't see how the Republicans are even in the fucking equation here. Well, those are all good questions. And I think um, the reason why we have this difficult uh, task of knowing what's going to happen is because the media sucks. Yes, absolutely. And the other thing, too, is too many people believe bullshit polls. Okay, the polls are wrong. They've been wrong for a long time. They're not correct. They weren't even close in Kansas for the referendum for where women got out and said, no, you're not going to take away our fucking right to health care. What are you fucking crazy? I mean, they overwhelmingly said no to that referendum. Kansas and the polls are way off. The polls were almost 10 points off in some of those uh, in the in the 19th um, of New York, the New York 19th district, the congressional district in that special election. It was like 10 points off in some cases. Um, the Alaska, they were way the fuck off in the polls in Alaska. Um, they thought Sarah Palin was going to handle that easy. So much so the Democrats didn't pay much attention to that race. And here's what happened. Okay, so 18, Donald Trump got his ass kicked in the House. In 2020, a lot of people in this country decided to go vote that hadn't voted before, hadn't voted in a while. And I always say this. I say it in a way that really, at first, it gets uh, people, especially an audience like uh, the Rational Boomer podcast here, that gets their ears up. 81 million people did not vote for Joe Biden. Okay, 81 million people did not vote for Joe Biden. A hefty percentage of those people voted against Trump absolutely, and against Trumpism. Now, where Democrats and and liberals in general get confused is the Virginia's governor's race where Youngkin won. They still the the residual loss of that race is, is still haunting us. And it's so stupid. It's so stupid that we even pay attention to that. That was like eons ago as far as politics is concerned. And the other thing you have to remember is Glenn Youngkin capitalized on the CRT message in that moment. Right. And the CRT message did not did not perpetuate past that moment. And the reason why is because of Glenn Youngkin. So many local races around the country have rejected CRT school board candidates in red in red districts like like very red red school board districts have just have just said no these people aren't interested in education they're interested in QAnon shit on facebook now that is a good sign the other good sign that we have is in georgia and there's several people posting uh videos online today on twitter in atlanta uh people are just i mean they're standing in line they're not yeah. they, they don't give two fucks and for anyone to believe that the majority of those people standing in line are going and voting Republican is really dumb because if you if you really think that they have deluded these people into thinking that Donald Trump is Jesus but haven't deluded them into thinking that voting early is bad, mail-in ballots are bad, voting on a machine is bad, that's the reason why we have Warnock and Ossoff anyways in Georgia is because Donald Trump went there and convinced them that voting is rigged. Right. So this idea – that Democrats are going to lose because the polls say this or that, that's a bunch of nonsense. And you out there, the only way you should listen to a poll, the only way you should give it any kind of credibility whatsoever 
is if it motivates you to vote. That right. is it. <laughs> that is it. If that poll motivates you not to vote, that is just consider it trash because that is the most important thing. Polls only matter to politicians. Polls, the only poll that really fucking matters is the one that's going to be counted on November 8th. Right. That is the fucking poll that matters. And you are the only one that can make that happen, not just with your vote, but making sure that people around you understand the stakes. They understand what will happen if you put certain fucking fascists in charge that want to perpetuate this QAnon, Trumpism, America first Nazi party bullshit. Or do you want to put someone that actually has an idea of pro-democracy? Like they might not be your idea of pro-democracy, but at least they want to preserve it. Like because that is the most important thing at this at this juncture. And, and it's not just it's not just uh, your daughter's rights, your your wife's rights, your mother's rights, your sister's rights. If they'll take it away from them, they'll take it away from you. And they're telling you who they are. That's what they want to do. Like that, they're they're telling you that Democrats are demons and they're sent here by the devil, right? We're saying Trump supporters are dumb and they don't know how government works. That there is not two sides to that. That is not a two sided issue. We're saying, hey, you're ignorant. This is not how this works. And they're going, you're demons sent here by the devil, and we have to eradicate you. Just crazy ass, off the face of the earth slid the cheese has slid off the cracker type shit yeah no question no question about it I, I i think i think there's a lot you know one of the things i have a problem with is some of the people i talk to the democrats they'll sit back there clutching their pearls and chewing their nails saying oh i think they're gonna win i think they're gonna win but they did that in 2020 when i told them there's no way donald trump's winning right they get caught up in the bullying and in the rhetoric, and they start to believe what they're hearing. And that's where you've got to set it aside. Just because this guy talks loud doesn't mean he knows fuck all about fuck all. So, yeah, trust me, I know that in particular, personal yeah. experience. <laughs> well, I, I me mean, too. But that's, well, but that's that's the difference, though, is is that for so long, the left, and I hate that, that it's the left. It's look, it's pro-democracy people at this point. There is no left and right in this country at this point. There are Republicans who are sick and fucking tired of having to defend the Republicans because they absolutely have put their Cheeto dust knee pads on and 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 vowed at the altar of Trump. Okay? They are sick and tired. Of having to defend him. Now, they may not say it publicly and they may not say it in a group of friends because that actual social uh, construct is something that is driving some of this. Where if you get um, 12 people in a group and one of them is a staunch Trump supporter and everyone thinks everyone else is and that one person's really loud, then everyone's like, yeah, sure, yeah, mm, oh yeah, Trump, blah, 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 whatever, you know, just to go along to get along. We need to reverse that on them, right? Absolutely. We need to reverse that on them, that the one person in the group, the loudest person in the group will challenge that idea. And if we can get to a place where the one person in the group will challenge this idea that, no, we don't want fucking authoritarian. What are you crazy? You want you want you want you know, you want a police state that's going to go and start rounding people up, put them in prisons and camps and murdering people. Get the fuck out of here with that authoritarian bullshit. And if we can just reverse that 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 paradigm on these people in these groups 
it's going to start to have a cascading effect. That is the long off ramp for Trumpism, right? Because I'm telling you, the exhaust, and, and I think Tim Ryan said this in his debate with JD Vance. He said the exhausted majority exists, and we're not tired. We're not giving up. We're just sick and fucking tired of your nonsense, and we're not going to put up with it anymore. We are exhausted with your lies. We're exhausted with your bullshit and trying to bang up our fucking way of life. So we're not going to put up with it anymore. And that if we can do that paradigm shift, and it's going to take a little bit, right, for these, for that one guy who now is controlling the group of 10 or 12 that are standing around at a barbecue and he's a staunch Trump supporter. You know, the motherfucker I'm talking about. It's, it's yeah. uncle Earl's, it's uncle Earl's little nephew, Daryl, right? Right. And Daryl's standing there. He's got the Trump camouflage hat on and he's talking about Mexicans and gas prices, right? right. Bill the wall and Hillary Clinton and Hunter Biden's laptop as if Hunter Biden laptop is the reason why we want to elect a government. Literally. That is what they're telling you. Just elect us. We will investigate Hunter Biden's laptop. Like, what the fuck does that mean? What in the <laughs> hell does that even mean? But there's no one in the group willing to look at that guy and say, you're full of fucking shit. Because all those other people are like, yeah, Hunter Biden's laptop. But they're thinking secretly in their brains like, this guy is full of shit. Okay? That's why 81 million people didn't vote for Joe Biden. A lot of those people voted against Trumpism because they're sick of it. They're sick of they're sick of listening to Uncle Earl's little nephew, Daryl, talk about nonsense when they they want to go on with their lives. They want they want their kids to go to school. They want them to have college and don't want them to fucking be broke because of it. They want to have decent health care. They don't want to go broke because of a medical bill. They want to retire someday. And they just want Earl's little nephew, Daryl, to shut the fuck up. Don't you don't you think that the Republican Party, I mean, nobody really talks about this. Everybody tells me, well, we'll never change their minds. And I said, well, we'll never change the base's mind, but that doesn't matter. There's not enough of them. I feel like the Republican Party is split now, which is a benefit to the Democrats. You have the Kinzingers and the Cheneys and you have the base. Now, above the base, there's got to be some reasonable minded Republicans and or independents that just can't sidle up next to insurrection and uh, and racism and that sort of thing. Even though they vote Republican, they'll either vote Democrat or just not vote at all. And whatever they decide to do is fine with me. But don't you don't you feel like there's a split in the Republican Party? We don't have a Republican Party that we once. Well, recognized. I, I actually I actually think um, it's it's a lot more complicated than that. Um, it, you know, everyone says that our country's divided. It's not divided. The we're not divided. Right. The, the, the trouble that we have is we have a small percentage, but it's a large number of people who are not only pushing authoritarianism, but are deluded by it. Like they're they're living in a total opposite reality that we are like literally if you can hear my voice, there is someone out there right now absolutely thinking that Hunter Biden's laptop is the reason why. Their troubles. Okay? Right, right. They literally believe this wholeheartedly and they cannot stop obsessing about it. Right now, if we could just get that person to obsess about, I don't know, the cost of prescription drugs and the and the solutions that it would happen, you would see the same effect. Right. You're going right. to see the same effect. So I actually don't believe that it's a Republican Democrat thing like so many people who identify as Republicans, and I do my identify, 
don't even fucking know that they're socialist liberals. They have no fucking clue. They don't know. I have I have a friend of mine. I have a friend of mine. He considers himself an independent. He's like, ah, I'm not with either party. And I start asking him questions and I'm like, well, um, you know, how do you feel about this? You know, what's your what's your take on this? You know, how do you feel about this happening and this happening? Most of the time, the answer is I have no idea what you're talking about. Or the answer is, well, yeah, of course, of course, I don't want anyone to go broke because of a medical bill. I had a surgery when I was in my 20s that almost broke me and I was lucky to have insurance and I still almost went broke. So I don't believe that. And then you, well, what about a decent wage? And you go on and on and on. He doesn't realize that he's liberal right? right now. I wouldn't consider him a socialist, but he's a liberal, which that is the the thing that we have to get past is the Democrat Republican label thing, right? We have to get people to really understand that there is, there is a, a, a different divide than Republican and Democrat. Literally right now, it is for democracy or autocracy. And the problem that we have is there is a large number of people who are predisposed to autocracy. And what I mean by that is the American Christianity, and most of it is evangelicalism, where for so long they've went to a building, they've watched a man in a fancy suit tell them crazy shit in front of them up on a stage, and they're supposed to believe what that crazy motherfucker says. Right, right? exactly. And that, that, that is what they're supposed to believe, and what they're saying is true no matter what, um, and, and they should they should design their entire lives around the thing so they're predisposed to that position and that and that is kind of what has happened with social media and donald trump right um and i think we need to focus more on making sure we mock these things like the hunter biden laptop thing how crazy is it that there's a large number of people in this country that are going to go vote because they want to put a political party in power because they think the solution to all their problems like gas prices is for the republicans to investigate what is on hunter biden's laptop like this is crazy shit it like what the fuck does that have to do with inflation like literally the senate held a, a held a committee meeting on inflation the other day all all the Republican senators on that committee were not there on inflation. Right. None They're of bitching them. about it, but they not won't show fucking, the help. That's right. And the reason why, it, Mike, is because they don't really have a solution because the solution is to work with Democrats. Well, and the, the thing solution is-, is to work with Biden, because that's how government and that's how democracy works. Because before before Trump, we would disagree on how a Republican and how a Democrat would solve a problem. Now it's their demons. They're sent here by the devil and we need to get rid of them. And we're like, we just don't want people to go broke because they got to pay for their kids daycare. Like and we're like, that's not crazy demon stuff. That's just like everyday people stuff. But we have to get this narrative in these circles. Like I said, again. When you're standing at the barbecue and Uncle Earl's dipshit nephew, Daryl, is standing there with his Trump hat on talking about Hunter Biden's laptop, there has to be someone in that group. Look at the group and go, this guy's full of shit. All of you know he's fucking full of shit. And Daryl, you need to shut the fuck up. And the rest of the group will go, finally, someone fucking said something. Yes, Daryl, shut the fuck up. You're an idiot. Take that fucking hat off, would you? You're, 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 you're supporting someone who's the exact opposite of what you actually say you believe. And 
and that will start to um, change that that paradigm and get us onto the off ramp because that's where we need to be because it is a long off ramp I believe to fascism because there is so many people who have bought this shit hook line sinker that it is a long off ramp um, for these people to either crawl back underneath their rocks or go oh Trump is a dumbass he's a criminal i didn't even realize it he's not a christian he's a piece of shit like like some of them will get there i promise it's a long off-ramp but but we we have to we have to build that off-ramp right we can't just you know so many people talk about this like we have to let these people back into our society and into good nature with us like yeah but we have to do that but we have to actually build this for them to get them back to reality because they are not i'm telling you if you have a relative out there that believes the QAnon stuff and and you even mentioned QAnon to him like oh i don't believe in that QAnon stuff and then you start asking about QAnon conspiracy theories like yeah i believe that yep i believe that you're like you're QAnon you don't even fucking know it yeah don't even know it so we have to build that off ramp for him well you know yeah we, we, you do have to build an off-ramp. I, I, I've always said that when it comes to racism or this authoritarianism and all this stuff, this isn't new. This isn't newly grown stuff. This has always been there. It's been hiding under the rocks. And what Donald Trump did is he came out and said, hey, it's all clear. Come on out. Start spewing your shit because I'm spewing the same shit. I think some people will change because the obvious will hit them in the face. But I think a large percentage of them will either <laughs> scurry back under their rocks or die trying. Well, I, I'm, I'm not. Um, I, I yes, I, I do believe that. And uh, there was a video <laughs> from this rally um, to give an example of this today of a woman in a hat. And it said like Trump kicks ass and it's like a donkey hat or something. Yeah. And she's at a Trump rally and she's saying just crazy stuff. You know, it's it it's like, wow, these these people don't even realize they're in a cult. Um, it's the dumbest of the dumb. But this lady says in her little diatribe into the microphone on on whatever trader news network that it was on, um, she says, This is my thirtieth rally. <laughs> Yeah. And that is truly the scam, folks, because that's part of it. Like when we're standing in the group again, with I know it goes back and I keep saying this, but Uncle Earl's dipshit nephew, Daryl, it goes back to that. Literally, these rallies are designed to convince you that he has big support. Right. Exactly. It's, and it's designed to convince other people in that group with Daryl that they have big support. They don't. It's a fucking scam. It's the exact same sheep showing up in a crowded pasture for Donald Trump for 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 a day or two in crazy costumes and cult like religious stuff to convince you and other people that somehow he has a big movement and he does not. It's all bullshit. It's a fucking scam. It is a scam that he's running on us. That is the biggest fucking um bullshit that he has wrought on this country that he has some kind of huge following it is a cult following they are cultist but it is not it is not the big cult that everyone thinks of it it, it just isn't 
It's always been the case with Donald Trump. It's all hype, no substance. I got to tell you, Tony, we're running out of time here. We've gone over time, but I always go over time and I always tell folks it doesn't matter. It's my fucking show. We'll That's do right, whatever yeah. the hell we want. But yeah, they to, can listen or not, right? You know, yeah, to the exactly. end. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to sit down and talk to me. I knew the uh, audience would be interested to hear from a younger voice with a similar mindset. I think that makes some of the older people feel better that some young people have some common sense. Well, again, I, I come from a rural, you know, country background. I, I grew up listening to uh, classic country gold. So um, I have a special place in my heart for you, boomers, um, <laughs> which, you. you know, I, I actually I don't really think that um, that is a, as much of a divide anymore. As we say, like we said, you know, as much as our generations, we may have a ge- generational gap we truly do believe in democracy. And I think those ideas are so ingrained into the American way of life that when we come to Rovember, where the idea is they're going to take away rights away from women and um, people who are married, who are gay, lesbian, trans people, they're going to take away, they're going to take away people's ability to either not have religion or what religion they want to have. Um, with this Christian white nationalism, I actually believe that a lot of Americans, even Americans who yelled and screamed about not wearing masks in public places are the same Americans that are going to say, you're not going to tell me what the fuck to do. I agree. And I think I think I think it is very and very underestimated that that is not a generational gap that between whether you're 90 or you're 18 newly freshly voting in America, our culture is. For better or for worse, you're not going to tell me what the fuck to do. You're just not going to do it. And I think that is the that is the space that they're occupying. And I believe they're going to pay dearly for it. But it is up to you to make them pay dearly. You, the voter, have to make them pay dearly. And that's why I support pro-democracy people and pro-democracy speech. And I appreciate you having me on your show. I know you're a great voice for democracy. Your TikTok account, you get hundreds of thousands of views every single week. I know uh, thousands of people come listen to your show. And it is super important that you you folks um, not just share this show, but uh, those videos with your relatives, because that might that might just get it to where they'll share it with someone because we're so close to this. We're just two weeks away uh, right now recording this. We're just over two weeks away from the most important of our election of our of our democracy's lifetime. And as soon as it's over, as soon as the votes are counted and they're certified, the next one will be the most important of our democracy's lifetime. So we cannot stop leaning in. We can't stop thinking about this stuff. We can't stop standing in the circle telling Uncle Earl's dipshit nephew, Daryl, to <laughs> shut the fuck up, Daryl. It's enough. We're sick of your nonsense. And when we get like to that, that place, when we get to that place, maybe we can breathe in our democracy and we can have a two-party system again where we can start disagreeing on tax policy, not rather we should have this – uh, whether we should have liberty for all people or not. So I appreciate you having me on my show, on your show. No, no, no problem. And and for the people that listen to the Rational Boomer podcast, if you want to perpetuate the truth and democracy and such, I would suggest that you set, check out the Tony Michaels podcast. Uh, and he's on, he, he does a live stream every night, a couple of hours 
you go to we do it actually noon noon eastern so it's oh okay. it's right at lunchtime so we 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 aired noon eastern 11 central 9 pacific so it's actually in the morning um i truly am i truly am the left rush limbaugh because that was his time slot so that's right that's um, true. so so on youtube twitter Twitch. You can also go to Facebook and follow us. Just go to thetonymichaels.com. That's thetonymichaels.com. Or you can Google the Tony Michaels podcast and it'll all that shit will come up. We we've got a lot of we got a lot of people who watch. And we got a lot of people in the live chat. So if you like the live chat on YouTube or, or Facebook or Twitch, come and join the live chat. Um a lot of people like the support that they give in the live chat. They're not always talking about what's going on in the show. They they're friends. Now they're they're the fuck 'em fam, as they like to call themselves. Um, <laughs> Um, because they they show up every day and we have hate watchers there that participate some of them are ridiculous but some of them are very um they're hate watchers but they're but they're very polite so um come and join us every single weekday noon eastern 11 central 9 pacific on youtube twitter twitch and then when we get done with the show i actually we record it so what we do is we leave it up on youtube so you can always watch it anytime you want or you can go listen to it on apple spotify google anywhere you, you get your podcast and i just ask a favor mike while you're there subscribing to my podcast, if you'll give us a review, um, that would help out a ton. So I really appreciate having a show. I had a ton of fun. I, I, I'll come back anytime you need. Uh, well, this is great. Yeah, I'll be happy to have you back. I'm sure the, yeah. the the listeners will will love this show because they love some other insights. So Tony, thank you for coming by, uh, and the folks listening. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to actually listen. I hope you have a great day. And, of course, we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.